Hello, everyone. Welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang, and today we're talking about how nonprofits, particularly animal rescues, can best use social media. Don't Call Me a Guru is recording at Nate's Radio Studio in Edmonton, Alberta, and we're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. If you like what you're listening to, please rate this podcast five stars and share about it on social media. Our guest today is Kath Ulcher, co-director and founder of Zoe's Animal Rescue, an Edmonton-based rescue that provides different programs to support cats and dogs in vulnerable communities. Kath, can you share how Zoe's Animal Rescue is using social media and digital marketing, um, what your approaches are for the different platforms? Uh, Social media is why we exist in a way. We would exist for animals. Social media keeps us going. Um, We are lucky enough to have different volunteers who are absolutely dedicated to doing each platform. We try to keep them somewhat in concert, but not with the exact same message on each because each medium is different. Um, So we do, we have the same sort of philosophy. It's like as cheerful as possible. Not upsetting. Um, And we try to show a lot of the victories and the happy stories and to try and describe that when there is something difficult happening, how we're solving that problem. Um, So it is a wonderful, amorphous sort of thing where these people work together because they want to and they have the same passion and drive to get people and animals supported and taken care of um, because they really are the most vulnerable in our community. So I would say that. And it's one of the ways we get our stories out there. We get our needs out there. It's how we get support. I mean, we run a lot of programs and we run a lot of them are very, very expensive. And truly, this is how we survive. Uh, When did Zoe's Animal Rescue first start? 2012. 2012. So back then, you know, did you start the rescue? Were you instantly on social media or was it a thing that kind of got added as you grew? Okay, so I'm going to talk about my age for a minute just because <laughs> it's actually really uh, important to know. Um, I'm in my 50s, early 50s. So where would I be? I'm on Facebook. Pictures of kids, the whole nine yards. And right. it's a great way to tell a story. Um, and that was perfect for me. So that's where we started. Mm-hmm. And then we had someone come along and build us a web page. And they kept saying, oh, Facebook is nothing. You can't use it for anything. And really only post two times a day and direct to the website. And I kept thinking... I don't think you understand social media (laughs) because we kept having people show up and ask us more and more questions and they would like to see pictures of kittens and puppies and the whole story. So then when I found out Twitter was a thing, (laughs) I was like, I can't manage this. So I did that. Uh, You could echo your Facebook posts on Twitter. Oh, no. I know. It was terrible. (laughs) It looked like a 50-year-old clueless woman was Was doing our social media. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I understood that. And we were lucky enough to have a volunteer. And I said, oh, I wonder if she'd be interested in doing our Twitter. Mm -hmm. Turned out that she was teaching at Grant McEwen social media. Oh, that's great. And she said, yeah, I'd love to do that. (laughs) Yes. So Jessica Kluth is our uh, social media person for a lot of things like that. She helps us direct ourselves into where we should go and how we should do it. And then someone would come up and go, do we have an Instagram present? And I'd be like, Insta Insta who? (laughs) And I'd be like, no, is it a good thing? And they'd be like, yes. So I'd go look at it and I'd think, I can't do that. So someone would do it. And they would love to do it, and they were happy to buy into that same message, which is we're going to be positive, darn it, because Mm -hmm. there's enough 
going on that isn't positive. Negativity out there. Right. And when we do talk about, and we talk about serious stuff, but it doesn't have to be spun in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And so now we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We uh, do have a web presence. But it's really interesting because the web is nowhere near what it was, but it's still very important. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if we have anything else. I don't think we have like a Snapchat because that seems to be coming and going. Right. Does that make sense? Nope, that yeah. makes sense. I don't think that would make sense necessarily for your audience as well. Yeah. So we're just, wherever possible, we try to be and we try to reach out. And one of the most fascinating things about the different platforms is they reach different audiences. Mm. Because I did try Twitter for a while. I just don't have the time. I can manage one thing. <laughs> and Facebook offers us something that a lot of other platforms don't offer us, and that is the ability to do volunteer management. Okay. We can do private groups. Mm. Um, oh, so when someone says slide into my DM, I get it. I know what that means. <laughs> but it wouldn't do well because on Facebook, my private messages can number in the hundreds at any one time. Right. Right. Because I've got different groups for everything. So, yeah. Interesting. It's our primary. I would say I don't see it slipping away anytime soon simply because it offers so many tools for people like me running a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So the the groups are interesting. Let's stay on that for, for a bit more. So you have a private group where your volunteers get invited and you can kind of communicate. And need a private Facebook sort of page, yeah. and it's wonderful because it's just a closed group. And mostly it would be boring for anybody else. It'd be like, <laughs> did you guys know that Piffy the Cat did such and such today? It's so amazing. It's such a change from. And if it's interesting enough that – we think that it would be interesting to tell to family members or friends, then we'll post it on our main Facebook page. It's also a way to vent. Oh my gosh, I'm so annoyed. There's this person and they did this and they have 16 cats. It's just a great way to sort of build a cohesive unit. It's also a great thing to say, we have a dog. It has a broken leg. It's just been taken into the vet. Um, The family is dumping it. Uh, Do we have someone who can drive over, grab it, take it, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's a really wonderful thing. And then we use the private messages for every animal we have in care we have uh, the both the co-directors in the message so that we're always available to our volunteers who are helping. Mm-hmm. And then we have medical people and everybody else to ensure that that animal is getting everything it needs behaviorally and medically. That's great. Yeah. What about, um, so, you know, you said you have different audiences on different platforms and they sort of, and, and you're not necessarily posting the same thing on all of it. But uh, do you have, I guess, a, a strategy or a plan in place for, you know, this is kind of where we, we, we go on Twitter. This is kind of, you know, where we stay on Instagram. Are, are there those sort of objectives? No, because we are lucky enough to have people who are comfortable, interested in, and passionate about those mediums. And they know what they're doing. So why would I mess with it? <laughs> Especially because um, we know what we're saying. It's positive. It's friendly. It's networking. It's um, just trying to share that about And we do sort of hit the same spots on all the things, but it's not the exact same story every day or the exact same um, because it is a different feel. Twitter, for instance, for me, goes by so quickly. Yeah. And rapid. That's really important. There are people who love it and they going and sitting through my 75 word story about, you know, Biffles the kitty would bore (laughs) the crap out of them. Um, But. It's really useful if it's a very short uh, blurb and we get a lot of reaction. It's just different reaction. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, Facebook people love pictures. They love stories. Um, They love the the sort of that feeling of being a serial. Like in the old days when um, 
uh, they, writers used to sell by the word. I feel that way a little bit about Facebook. Um, <laughs> sort of, yeah, you're seeing a lot it's more, a little of bit more kind yeah. of essays and, on and, 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 and that's, that's great. But on Twitter, it's a much different skill to present, you know what we really need, or this kitty needs help in if like you're concise, interested, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it very well. And so I think it's really important to say that, no, in a, a way, I wouldn't try to control it that hard because it is – it's a living thing, communication mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, as a living thing. As long as everyone is sort of on the same page about, it sounds like what's important to Zoe's on We're grassroots. You're, you're positive. And I want the positive grassroots feeling because that's what we are. Mm-hmm. If we begin to sound too polished, too much on a message or on a point, then we're going to lose supporters, not in a terrible way, but people are going to, like even now they say, oh, you're so big or you have so much money. And I'm like, we're so in debt. Is that what you mean? <laughs> we are not. Big. But <laughs> we're helping more animals because but. we're we're. It almost is difficult because we're really good at it mm-hmm. and we're really positive. So we're not always going. Oh, poor us. We have no money. We try to limit that because we're trying to make our communication streams places people want to hang out in. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard when it's always like, are you having a good time? You know what it's like? It's like the old PBS television things where they'd go, do you like watching this show of some guy painting a tree? <laughs> be sure. Yeah, be sure. And, and then it would be like every 15 minutes. Right. And we're trying to, to make it more just of a natural thing. This mm-hmm. is part of what we do. And we do need support. We do need money. Um, you do mention that, but oh, it's yes. not uh, yeah. beat you over the head. We try very hard it. not to be um, because a big part of, you know, talking to you really makes it gel for me is we're trying to make it normal in the communities um, that animals are cared for and that supports are available. And we're trying to convince people to step up and do a little bit on their own too. How can you help a situation? What can you do? Um, can you give other things besides money? If you can donate some food to us, that saves us. Yeah. You know, so sure. yeah, I like grassroots and inclusive is by inclusive. I mean, everybody listening or reading or, 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 you know, watching or is, is interested and they feel like, yeah, I'm a part of this. Right. What would you say are, you know, over the years since, since 2012, the, do you have some examples of social media successes or, or what you can directly tie, you know, to a social media post donations coming in, someone choosing to adopt that sort of thing. Do people regularly tell you, I saw this on social media or I heard about this on your Twitter and and that kind of thing? One of the things we do notice is that, um, we do have a lot of that. Um, I would say it's the norm in a way. Oh yeah. Okay. I saw that. Okay. I saw this. And we try to, to use everyone. Like we have spots on CTV, for instance, really early in the morning. And I like to joke, it's me and a couple of early birds who get up to watch me talk about whatever animal it is. (laughs) But each of those things will reach out to different people. And sometimes that does mean somebody reaches out to us to talk. Sometimes it means that they reach out to us to, um, donate something, uh, sometimes it means that they'll reach out to us to try and adopt an animal. Um, in a way, like I referred back to the living sense of communication, that's really what we're doing. So it's very important to us. One of the ways we do notice is if we're desperate for something and we ask, we normally receive. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. So then do you do that sparingly? Like you're Of course asked? we yeah. do. <laughs> we normally have... Um, um, we normally have like uh, lists of what we'd like to have donated. Thank you very much. And I mean, we do try to talk about the things we require most of the time, but we're also trying to sh- share other messages. Um, so for instance, we're heavy duty into this force free way of training animals mm-hmm. and it's fascinating and it's interesting and it's sort of new. So we're really trying to we're trying to bring people into discussions about what we're doing and why. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change minds and social perspectives. And that's been 
I think that's a really important part. I think that's one of the reasons why I keep referring to it as living because it's we're really trying to engage. So it isn't just that we're trying to change minds and society's values. For instance, I'd say not even 15 years ago, not even 10 years ago, most people would think that cats in the city, loose cats, whatever, that's just the way it is. Right. Oh, it's ridiculous to try and do anything about it. Yeah. And I think it's but slowly now, yeah. changing. Um, and I think that we're on the leading edge, many of us, like you and me, who are interested in that particular animal and in their particular life, what happens to them here. And in Edmonton, it's it's awful. It's awful. There's yep. 70,000 feral cats. Mm-hmm. 70,000. So many. So how do we start bringing that to people? Educating. And changing yeah. their minds, getting their interest, and making them start going like we are and saying, we could fix those. Mm-hmm. And it's not unrealistic. And I would have said seven years ago when we started, people said that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And now people are going, when are they going to do something about it? That's a big shift. Mm-hmm. That's a huge change. And so I'm really excited about that. About, yeah. And the messaging that you've been doing over the and last seven years has far, contributed to that. Mar- it's far more far reaching because a box of litter please donate boxes of litter, um, is really useful. Mm -hmm. But you know, how long does it take to go through? Right. But if I am able to, or one of my volunteers is able to, or just to get you to start thinking and maybe bring it up the next time there's a municipal election or or write to your, you know, the mayor and just go, hey, how come there isn't a widespread, low-cost, free program for all of the feral cats in the city. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you know that it really impacts our birds and our, mm-hmm. you know, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And that is as much a part of being successful as. Trying to move the needle on that. Yeah. So we'll just take a quick ad break and then we will uh, come back with a few more questions awesome. about how you're using social media. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by the Overdue Finds podcast, presented by the Edmonton Public Library. Overdue Finds is hosted by Bryce Crittenden and Caroline Land, discussing movies, music, books, pretty much any sort of popular culture and media you can think of. You'll also learn more about what you can find at the library. Find a new episode every two weeks at epl.ca slash podcast. All right, we are back with Kath uh, from Zoe's Animal Rescue talking about how Zoe's is using social and digital media um, with their rescue efforts. So kind of talked about, um, you know, your plan or, or sort of the trust the volunteers who are doing it. Oh, and as absolutely. long as everyone's positive uh, generally, then that's kind of the direction that you go. Uh, wanted to talk about challenges as well. What are some of the challenges that, um, I mean, Zoe's uh, faces as a rescue, but... F- in particular, do you have challenges uh, when it comes to communicating or sharing that message and that story on social media? For the most part, I would say no, um, because we have knowledgeable, passionate, committed people in place. Uh, the challenges we tend to face are like anybody else. One of the problems with being, hey, I'm out here, look at me, is that that attracts people who go, who the hell are you? <laughs> Why are you saying that? You're wrong. <laughs> I don't like you. Right. And and you do get that. Oh, we get that. But it's <laughs> but just it's like anything animals. else. I know. <laughs> it's cute and cats and dogs. <laughs> there are people who are somehow convinced. I think there's there's a couple of and there's it's not that often, 
but it's loud sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's people are just enraged with us because things didn't go exactly the way they wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people look at a nonprofit or people who are just volunteers and they think, well, I can have what I want from this situation. And we're like, no, we we have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people think we can take liberties with those people because they are just volunteers. My favorite, favorite J word. Just Um, volunteers. Or that we're just a nonprofit and that we're really not very good at keeping ourselves in a safe place. And it's that those are that's when I come out to to just say, no, we're not. No, we don't do that. No, we don't allow people to abuse us. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. And it, it can be just tough because some people will say you don't do enough, whereas right. we're, we're running on burnout. Right. And other people are like, you say you're uh, such and such, but you guys just do it for the money. And my favorite is you must do it for the fame and the glamour. <laughs> and as my husband often says to me when we're scraping up puppy crap from our mother puppy run because we do mothers and puppies as a regular thing, he's like, is this is this glamour? Is, is this the fame? <laughs> this is why you're doing this, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's easy for us to be a target for some people, and I understand that. So we try to bring that compassion to it, mm-hmm. but we also try to bring a strong sense of boundary to it. That's and awesome. we try not to respond too much to it. Right, so that was going to be my follow-up question. What is your plan or approach to reply to either negative comments? But also, I'm curious um, if there have been, you know, negative even reviews from people who have either tried to adopt from you or fostered or or things like that. How do you deal with the negativity? Sometimes if I'm in an emotional day, then I do start going, oh, but listen, and I'm, I'm not usually angry, but I'm very, very intense about it. Like I can feel it in my heart and I'm pounding. Do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. suddenly, <gasps> and it's like, okay. <laughs> That's usually not the best time no, to respond. <laughs> no, And normally I'm very good about really using the words because they're very important to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm very good about looking at a situation and thinking, this isn't about me. This isn't about us. There's something else going on. There was a lady who gave us a terrible review on Facebook, which was awful for us, but it was because she was overwhelmed and she was suffering from some serious difficulties parenting all by herself and was lonely and had a little baby who cried a lot. And she wanted to get rid of her cat that night. And we said, I'm sorry, we can't take it. And she just felt that we were so unkind and unsupportive. Now, smacking her down is not a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. If we're here to help people and animals, then we're going to do our best. So we were firm about how we responded firmly and clearly. No, I'm sorry, this couldn't happen. And and her husband got a hold of me privately and he just said, you know, this really upset her. And I said, hey, if you could take down the poor review, that would be great. And I'm sure we can work with her. And that's the approach we usually try to take. Sometimes we just have to go. Private conversations. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to go, okay, we're done. (laughs) <laughs> this we're not going to make this person happy. You're not going to change their mind. No, I, I could, I could, you know, be on a unicycle. I could be juggling <laughs> flaming things at a birthday party at their house and bring free cake, and it wouldn't do it for them. So, yeah. <laughs> no one to cut your losses, I guess. Yeah, no one to stand firm. And I used to bend over backwards a lot more to try and to try and make everybody happy. Yeah, negative, I guess, feedback. But because we are susceptible, we're so susceptible. And there's people who are angry. I don't care. I don't care. You people, you people made me angry and I don't care about the animals. And I'll be like, you know, negative. It, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. And there have been people who I'm very um, forthright about how I am and I am a separate person than just the rescue. So some people have taken um, real uh, anger at my stance on things or the way I feel about things. Yeah. And they'll be like, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't have a public Facebook life and you shouldn't. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, well. 
I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I want to send that as a message to everybody who volunteers with us too. Nobody should tell you how much space you're allowed to take up. Mm-hmm. And that's a really strong and important message. And I want to empower our clients. I want to empower our fosters. I want to empower everybody that way. Great. You know? In terms of um, how you're using social, I'm curious, have you guys, because you're a nonprofit and, you know, we've discussed how uh, how in debt, <laughs> unfortunately, the rescue is, um, do you pay for any of the communications uh, that you're putting out there? Are you paying for Facebook ads? Are you boosting posts? Are you, you know, things like that. Is that part of your operating model? Yes and no. And the reason I say yes, yes, there's occasion when we pay for um, uh, social media ads. Mm-hmm. It's usually on my personal credit card. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that in a, like, we're not professional kind of way, but we don't do it very often. Right. Um, we're incredibly intense about how transparent we are financially. That is like, hugely how important are you to using us. the money that people it's are It's so you. important yeah. to us. Um, we are, no one is paid. No one is paid. And so there's very little that we spend that isn't directly related to the animals. And I think that if we needed a larger campaign, we'd st- no, we wouldn't. Um, uh, Facebook ads don't cost us very much. So we'll do it for three days. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have good feedback and sometimes, eh, you know. And what is, uh, I guess, and it might be dependent per post that, that you're doing an ad or a boost for, but are you, you know, how are you measuring that success? Well, we use the the metrics that they provide us with. And if you actually pay attention to it, you'll realize, like, it'll go 35,000, you know, interactions. And then you're like, uh, that was for two seconds. <laughs> so really, you know, how good is that? So, But we do try it anyway because it's one extra tool that we can use. So sometimes if we have an animal that we've just had for longer than we can even imagine, mm-hmm. it's like... Why do we have this creature still here? He's he's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll use Let's it for that. It there, yeah. um, we have a big fundraiser coming. It's one of the clean, clean it, green it, organic, and we'll use it for that. Um, and and you know, but it's just trying to use social media as, at its best. So it depends on. It's very funny because again, it's based on the platform. Mm-hmm. So the people who use Facebook the most, um, they'll be the ones that go. Can we do an ad? Because they see that as important. Mm-hmm. Um, my other platforms haven't really talked about trying to do that at all because right. it's just not something they see as useful at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're very excited by trying to get more and more followers. Right. So that's a, a, that pays for itself in a way just because that passion reaps them that. Mm-hmm. Kind of build your audience that They way. love that, you know, it, and, and for them, I think it's about engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I generally, I think all uh, companies and businesses are jealous of organizations who do deal directly with animals because on the internet, it seems like animal content is guaranteed gold. (laughs) It really can be. Um, And I think that that's one of the things that we found out early on was that by doing that, we're trying to, that's what we're trying to sell you is like, I, I joke with people that photo is, is I'm trying to say to them. And I will say, I'll say it when I hand them out a business card at events, when we've done events, I'll go follow us on Facebook, (laughs) like us on Instagram. (laughs) Um, because, um, it doesn't cost you anything and you'll get puppies and kitties in your feed. (laughs) And it's true. That's what you'll get in your feed. You'll also get lots of other little things, but we also try to be an area of education too. We see ourselves as an educator too. So that's part of it, right? We bring a lot of that with us. It's not just, it's not just cute 
photos. It is and it isn't. It's like, well, do you have a cat who's doing this? Is it driving you nuts? Mm -hmm. Guess what? Here's what we found out works. Mm -hmm. And we have lots of interaction with those posts. People are talking about their, my kitty chives. He drives me nuts when he does. But now (laughs) we've tried this. So yeah, it's quite wonderful. Um, I think I know the answer to this just with how how you've shared um, already about how the organization uses social media, but curious about uh, approvals, if any. So it sounds like you you trust your people who are leading those platforms and, and they share what they want. Do they run anything by you or, or the other co-director or, or is it just sort of a free-for-all? <laughs> oh, no, not a free-for-all at all. I think that um, what's really happened is there's a lot of like minds going on. Right. And Sasha, who runs the rescue with me and I are very clear. Okay. We are this, we are this, we are this. Mm-hmm. And a few times I'll see something and I'll go, you know, I'm not trying to say that I don't like it, but I'm going, is that grassroots enough for the way I feel mm-hmm. about what we're doing? We're not trying. I mean, it's a problem when you look bigger than you are, or you look richer than you are, right. because uh, there's no nonprofit that can survive that. Right. That's, right. That's all. That's sort of the, you know, you, you need and you want that attention, and yep. the, but then it can also hurt you. So as a free-for-all, it isn't, but it is very grassroots to have these different things. And that's, and I, grassroots is very important to me. It really does mean it's people trying to do their best. Every once in a while, someone will say to us on one of our platforms, you people are not professional. And I have learned to cheerfully say, by no means are we professional. (laughs) And I'm very clear about the fact that professional is what you do for money. Mm -hmm. And we're doing this, we're doing the very best we can. And we learn and we come back at it. And I think that's the other important thing is we look for that in our people who are doing these things. Mm -hmm. They learn, they're willing to go, oh, okay, let me try this. Let me try that. But they have so much buy-in but it's not ownership. It's not proprietary. It's buy-in. And it's a very different thing. Um, we're part of a team that's working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about doing that well. And uh, I think that's one of the most important things that I'm doing is I'm there to support the people that are working with us. They're not doing it for money. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would you volunteer? Why do you volunteer to do things? Oh, it's the fame, the glory, and the money. <laughs> no, it's not. But I think that volunteers are paid not just in uh, the appreciation they receive from a few people within the organization. I think it's I'm making an actual difference. Mm-hmm. And if they want to be with me and Sasha and the other people that work at Zoe's, and some people come along and try it and they're like, this is just not for me. And I'll go, I'm really <laughs> sad to hear that, but it's been great to have you. Yeah, understand it's not for everyone. It is not for everyone. And the way we work is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's self-seeding or self, um, it, it, it sort of is a, a way of just sort of people will leave if it's not the right fit for them. Mm-hmm. And we're really right up front, right from the very beginning. This is what we do. So we talk about our spay-neuter programs. We talk about how we do pediatric spays and neuters. Some people are very emotional about that. Mm-hmm. And if they can't be happy about that, then I'm like, you know, this may not be right. Mm-hmm. And we talk, try to talk to them each individually or at least text them each individually when, uh, when they come along. So it's really clear. We're, we don't move off that message. And we try to interact with every volunteer every day. Okay, great. So, yeah. And we're really available. We're sort of connected, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing is that we don't feel unreachable. And why we started Zoe's and why we keep it going is very clear. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone, in theory, who is volunteering knows, knows uh, uh, that. Yeah, they really do. We actually yeah. go out of our way to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's great. Um, so we're just going to do one more quick ad break, and then when we come back, uh, hopefully you can share some advice for other rescues who might uh, be using social media um, for their organizations. And then we'll talk about Zoe's at the Cat Festival, which I is love coming the up. Cat Festival. <laughs> All right. So ad break. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation is a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. You can learn more at ecfoundation.org. All right, we are back with Kath from Zoe's Animal Rescue, and Zoe's is actually going to be at an event that I organized. I know, I love it. <laughs> Coming up this June 1st, 2019, the Edmonton International Cat Festival. So if you're a regular listener, um, I mean, or follower, you should know that I like cats. <laughs> Thank goodness. And uh, yeah, I put on this event uh, with a few, you know, similar to you, a few volunteers. Actually, the whole day is is entirely volunteer driven. We wouldn't be able to do it without our volunteers. Um, and it's just a big celebration of cats, cat culture, cat people. But most importantly, we raise money for cat rescues. And you do that <laughs> so well. I really want to, uh, you really do that well. And I would say that you do it so well because, again, you're bringing what we bring to ours. Mm. You're bringing that sense of they're making a difference. Yeah, And exactly. they're really helping out. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> you are. I have n absolutely no issues with saying that. I am Thank so, you, I'm so I'm so impressed and I'm so grateful. But I also enjoy the festival. I try to come every year and it is just a blast. Thank you. I uh, I always tell people they they don't they if they hear cat festival they're not sure what that entails and then when they they come and then they they leave they're always like that was you know that was pretty crazy there was there's so much fun <laughs> yeah it's fun there's so many people it is. everyone's excited and you you see so many new things and we get to do so many fun things um, our Hella's people who build the catios mm -hmm. which I love yes I'm just getting one now and I'm not actually a heavy duty cat person and simply by that I mean I can't be other than in the rescue I can't have them at the house my husband is truly horrifically allergic <laughs> I have them in the basement There's my some son. irony there I know it's very funny and he loves them he will come with me to save them as much as possible mm -hmm. but yeah it is just such a wonderful fun time it's interesting it's fascinating I think it's like any con that you could go to and it's because that's really fascinating. Yeah. You drop in. There's things to learn. There's yep. things to see. There's things there's to take pictures presentations, of. Presentations. Yes. Pictures, yes. Puzzles, mazes, interactive things. Well, and I didn't know I would be a con person, but to me, they're like really fun university days. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a huge, fabulous, hilarious, exciting, educational fun opportunity. Right. And then yeah. in this case, uh, for a good cause. So we do donate. The festival donates 100% uh, of its proceeds to rescues this year. Um, Zoe's Animal Rescue uh, is one of the recipients. We're also donating to a pet's pantry, Yay! the greater uh, Edmonton Animal Rescue yes, Society. Yes, yes, yes. Little Cats Lost and Yay! Safe Team Rescue. So, yes. <laughs> so we're quite excited to be donating um, to all the rescues. Can you uh, just share, I guess, what, uh, what Zoe's has planned for the Cat Festival, why people should Come, uh, come and visit your area. Um, and then any other, you know, I, I'm curious if, if these type of events um, really help the organization throughout the year in terms of, of your money that you're making and the donations that you're taking in. It really does. And I'm hoping, we may not be able to do it fast enough, but Hellas is offering to raffle off another. Ooh. 
of their catios, <laughs> which I think is one of the most amazing and cool things in the whole world. If mm-hmm. you even remotely like cats, <laughs> um, it's a wonderful thing to buy a ticket for. And if you want to sell tickets to a raffle for a catio, your festival is the place to be. <laughs> and we are so successful with that. That's great. Um, we also had a hilarious kitten maze last year. <laughs> and people got to use um, laser the pointers. laser pointers to get the kittens through. So cute. And so we're going to have something similar again this year. Um, I think it's a really great way for us to reach out and talk to people who may not be in a vulnerable position themselves. Right. But may know somebody who needs a little bit of help. And Zoe's reaches out a lot to help. Isn't that funny? You're talking about how do you do it to make money? And I'm here. And you know what? It helps us spend more money. (laughs) But it really does help us make money because we get to touch base with people. And in people, we get to meet people and do Mm face-to-face. And when they realize that face-to-face, we're a lot like we are on social media. They really like that. So making sure that the person that they've become accustomed to engaging with online is not completely different from the face that they actually meet in person. I think that takes us back a little bit to how come I trust. And I think it's because it is that there is a sincerity Mm -hmm. and there is a genuineness that Mm -hmm. so goes beyond the boundaries. And it's like you. When I meet you, you are like (laughs) you seem on social media. You're funny. That's important to me. You're smart. You're (laughs) approachable. You're interesting. Those are really good things. You're a warm person. And each time I've met you, it's been like, yeah, this is easy. And that you can bring that is so important because – there's some there's some things that you'd be like I don't really want to go do that yeah, yeah. you know because that doesn't seem like it'll be fun right but, but yeah you're like yeah I'll do that yeah so <laughs> I like for you. us it's it's very good about helping people who might not otherwise get out to meet us somewhere mm-hmm. and this so, is a great place a different way and then. it's a safe place for people who like cats I mean unfortunately for whatever reason people will make us the butt of jokes yes and it's it's not the fair crazy cat lady well I think one of the saddest and hardest things I've learned is that the people who are unwell and do have cat issues, they'd have them with anything. Mm-hmm. Hoarding is an issue. Mm-hmm. And that's so not what we are. Mm-hmm. We're so interested in providing the best care for an animal or animals that mm-hmm. need the best care. It's kind of taking back that stereotype too, I think. Yes. It's like, you know what? We are crazy about cats. Damn right. But that doesn't mean that, you know, that that there's anything wrong with that. Well, look at us. (laughs) We're really interested in an animal that is incredibly social, deeply loving, and fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to feel bad about that. Not at all. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, I, I really do. I feel that if you can make that effort to be kind, to be thoughtful. And it's like I said one time at um, uh, an event, it was just I had to do a quick speech and I said, okay, I'm in a room full of people who might not be that interested in animals. It was like a, I think it was a Nate Business uh, class student. And, you know, there's lots of people there who are there to like mingle and learn and and offer jobs to new students. And I'm there to talk about kitties and puppies. (laughs) And I said, but we're here for people who may not have anything else. We're here for your brothers or your sisters or your nieces or your nephews or your best friends or your neighbor who you don't know is really lonely except for their cats. Mm -hmm. We're here to help them feel better about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And we improve their lives because we care about them. So it's not just the animals. It's what we're doing for people. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's so important, the work that you're doing, and that's why, um, you know, that's why continually we, yeah. want, we want to support you. <laughs> yep. So finally, I'm just wondering if you can share 
you know, some specific advice to other rescues on how they could or should be using social media to, you know, whether it's help raise donations, adopt more animals, get more attention or support. Um, you know, you sort of mentioned like that trust, build trust, be authentic, sort of along that. Is, the, is there, what advice would you give to other rescues uh, hoping to to use social media for success with their organization? I think that it's really important to be as genuine as you can be. Find that genuine voice and keep using it. People will know when you're faking it or they'll figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's tough when if that happens. Because, I mean, my problems often are raised from people who don't believe we're genuine. And they're, they're, they're few and far between, really. Sometimes the loud squeaky wheel is the one that kind of makes you, you know. I always try to remind myself if one thing isn't going well, I always try to go. And then today... Sarah did this, Lakshmi did that, so-and-so did this, so-and-so helped that, so-and-so donated this money. It's really not, you know, but I think being as authentic as you can be about yourself and, oh, I hate that word in some some ways, but... But it's true. It's true <laughs> because um, it just, it helps. And also it's never hard to keep it up because mm-hmm. it's because who you guys it's are. true, yeah. There's no having to remember. Mm-hmm. I mean... The only thing I have to remember while I'm sitting here is that I can swear like a trucker. <laughs> it's one of my ways of, of dealing um, with any kind of stress. We're going to beat that out because we I are know. a PG podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and all I have to do is remember that I'm not going to use those words now. <laughs> That's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say is that uh, try and tell your stories the best you can. Tell your own truth. I mean, there's another phrase that's so silly, but when you know the what truth, it means... Yeah. It is everything. Mm-hmm. And we there's so many, like all of the people that you listed that you're helping this year, they're all wonderful. Uh, Little Cats Lost, they are so heart-driven. They are so amazing. Support them. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was there? Gears. Yep, Gears. Gears is a small rescue here in town, and they do a good job. Mm-hmm. They really care about animals. Mm-hmm. Um, it just all of them, they are all good. And some of them, like... Um, Little Cats Lost are pretty good on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have many other platforms. They're, yeah, they're not really but as right active now, on other platforms. Yeah. That's what they do, that they're using all of their ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. To do at least one thing really well. Well, and they do it very, very well. Yes. And Facebook is a very good medium for them. They have the pictures and stuff. And, you know, they're doing the best they can. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. So would I love to see them on Instagram with some cute pictures every day? Yeah, I think that would open up for them. But am I going to say, what's wrong with you? (laughs) No, (laughs) I understand. You know, it'd be nice if they had the opportunity to get that. If you can open up to other platforms, do it. If you, the opportunities are there. The opportunities are there. But if you can't, don't beat yourself up about it. It's going to come and you're going to do the best you can with what you've got. And I think be open to it if you can. But there's days when we're so tired, just in general, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, I think that's one of the things that's so good about being able to have different people that you trust, mm-hmm. you know? Find people that you trust yep. as well. Um, I wonder also, because, you know, you're sh- saying share your stories, and something that I always hear in kind of the social media field uh, is that often people are stumped as to what they think would be interesting for <laughs> others, right? Creating content. <laughs> Creating that content. <laughs> so, I mean, from your perspective, uh, is it, you know, is it kind of, you might not think it's that interesting, but maybe someone else would? Is that sort of the approach? Or or, or what would you say when it comes to, to sharing sharing a story, whether you, you know it's good or you hope that it's going to be good? We share every story believing in it. Um, and we share every story because 
if you and I meet up at a, a, a party and I start talking to you, you'll see I'm alive. My eyes are bright. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, and you can see it across the table. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by this. I'm proud of it. I am intrigued by it. I see the huge the huge repercussions for good it has. Mm-hmm. Far beyond we help this cat. Right. Far beyond that. Um, I see it as a positive thing for many communities. Uh, any community we work in that we improve the health of companion animals, there's a commensurate rise in the health, mental health of humans. That's great. Yep. I've That's the that way it well. is. Yep. So we're, we are, we understand that. And sometimes, sometimes you hear people in animal rescue or in this kind of business go, I hate people. <laughs> and I think it's really important if you can to love people. Mm-hmm. Not in a scary, touchy-feely way that's, you know, kind of <laughs> creepy. Right. Just in a very serious, you know what? The majority of people are doing the best they can. So for us, every story we tell, some might hit for the bigger audience than others. Right. And I don't understand how that works. Right. But like what latches on? But as long as you know that yeah. you're you're still excited about what you're posting, and we're we're excited about what we're posting, and we are like for one thing we learned don't post pictures of dog with a face full of quills unless you have a picture of that dog without a face full of quills right <laughs> then and there because um, yeah no one wants to see that <laughs> well and that's what I thought was so interesting because the first time I ever posted a picture of just a dog with a face full of quills I was actually really happy not because I was into this poor dog is a face like a pincushion right but because for me the minute I approach a situation the minute I'm in there and I have that full backing of those people that have given me this great honor of working with me to do this good that we do. Mm -hmm. The minute that happens, I look at that animal and I think, we got you. He's going to be fine. We're taking care of you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy. And that was what, that was a lesson I learned. (laughs) Other people didn't look at that. People want to see the happy photo as well. (laughs) Yeah. People that couldn't, many people couldn't sort of extrapolate from that picture. (laughs) So we've, we've learned. Right. So that's one of the things we've learned. So we so try really hard to do the, do that, yes. you know, and occasionally <laughs> I will post a picture that's quite horrifying of an animal in pain. But we post a picture right away. Yes. Showing that or we'll say this animal is not in pain fine. at this time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're just but trying I mean, to. Yeah. But yeah. sort of important sometimes to show that that situation has happened as a way to educate, I think, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and also funny, it's uh, social media keeps me honest in a way emotionally because. When I first started, I'd be like, oh, my God, there's a flea on this animal. Oh, my God, a flea. Oh, and I'd run in circles and I'd be really upset. Right. Now, if it if we bring in an animal and it isn't covered with ticks and lice and fleas and stuff like that, I'm like, uh-huh. And if somebody goes, did you know this animal had all these things on it? And I'm like, it'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> and so I have to remember. Yeah, remember. Take that freshness back again. Just mm-hmm. because I'm used to it. Doesn't mean everyone else. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I like that. I like that approach. Not becoming too familiar or comfortable with your own, um, I guess, stories or or, or content. And I I think that's just important in general, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's easy. And it's too safe. It's too safe, but it's also easy to not give yourself enough credit for how hard you work. Right. And if I don't give myself credit for how hard I work as one of the figureheads of this organization, Mm -hmm. then what message am I sending to other people? Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of work. What you do for Cat Festival, I imagine you must have a nap for three days afterwards. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of a work. A cat nap. <laughs> yeah, a huge cat nap. We're talking a tiger-sized nap. It is. Actually, yeah. I don't know how. I was just saying this to my friend the other day. Um, this is the first year that I haven't had 
a full-time job because uh, I went freelance just a, a couple months ago. Um, but I don't know how I was organizing it with a full-time job in the p- that past few years because it's been taking so much of my time, which I love. I know. Um, and I'm working towards, you know, because because I have that focus in mind. I'm like, I, I wanted to get us to $100,000 raised for oh. these rescues uh, in total. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's amazing how much work uh, goes into what, you, what you're doing. What, what are you doing a good doing. job? You're I mean, damn right you I are. I think I am. <laughs> no, you're damn right you are. And I think that's another very important thing. I will, like I said to one of our volunteers today, because I took a bunch of them out to the, one of the cat cafes just to say, hey, thank you so much. That's right. Nice. And it's a great way of doing it. And I said, you guys, you're so wonderful. And every time I said that to somebody, they'd go, oh, I'm not that great. And I'd be like, no, you really like, are. Take it. You know, the problem is yeah. people can't, pe- people yeah. have a tough time accepting compliments. And that's okay. <laughs> And one of the things I try to do, and we try to talk about it too, because in our business, it's so easy to become burned out. Right. One of my jobs is not just to police that for other people to try and step in and say, hey, you need some help. Mm -hmm. But to say it for myself, because I can do that too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, the honesty is very important, both on making sure that I'm being good enough to myself. Mm -hmm. And but also, you know, kudos when you, when you deserve the kudos as well. Because that's confidence building. Yeah. And we were taught for so long, maybe not just as women, but a lot of people were taught that saying something like that is somehow not good. Yeah. But you know what? I run a really wonderful organization. Let's and lift. I wouldn't have yeah. that many wonderful people if I wasn't doing some good stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's good to be confident about. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Kath, thank for coming you. on and talking to us about Zoe's and how you're using social media. Uh, Kath Ulcher, co-director and founder of Zoe's Animal Rescue. Um, Zoe's does amazing work. Check them out online. Thank you. Check out all the cute cat and dog photos on their Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, And they will also be at Cat Festival, which is on June 1st um, this year. You can learn more about Cat Fest at edmontoncatfest.com. Don't Call Me a Guru, again, is recording at Nate's Radio Studio. And if you liked this episode, please uh, please rate it and also listen to to previous and future episodes as well. Thank you for joining me, Kat. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we hope hope that you you join us cat people uh, at the cat festival this year (laughs) the podcast you are listening to today was produced by matt matischuk at the nate radio and television studios the music bed for this episode was produced with the help of doug hoyer the logo for don't call me a guru was designed with the help of graphic designer rory lee Don't Call Me a Guru is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. 